This is It Was a Thing on TV. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the dregs of humanity. Episode 241, submission number 432, Abby's. Abby's aired on NBC from March 28th to June 13th of 2019 for a total of 10 episodes. NBC has a very storied history with sitcoms set in bars. Oh, well, yeah, one sitcom set in a bar. Yeah, that's basically it. But it was a really good sitcom set in a bar. It lasted 11 years, and it gave us one of the best long-running bits on this podcast. 22,000 big ones. 22,000 big ones. 22,000 big ones. Certainly NBC would feel like they could, you know, sort of kind of resurrect that concept with a little extra zaniness, perhaps? Maybe? The story begins in the fall of 2017. NBC gives a put pilot notice for an untitled bar-centered sitcom to Josh Baumuth, who writes it. And by the way, Josh Balmuth, not known for much except writing for New Girl and Superstore, two shows that will probably not be on this podcast because, if you ask me, they're pretty darn good. Right now, he's writing for Ghosts. So he's writing and producing for Ghosts. And Ghosts is a very good show. Yeah. Have we said on this show how good Ghosts was? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we talked about it in the 2021 end-of-year uh, episode. And, well, not all of his shows can be successes. No, they Just can't like, all be winners. Not every painting is a Picasso, I'm afraid. And this was pretty much not a Picasso. I mean, it was the show itself was critically lauded. The problem was, it was a sitcom on NBC, and it was not The Office. Oh, yeah. Or Parks and Recreation. Oh, yeah. Nobody watches NBC sitcoms. Mm-mm. I mean, Superstore was a critical drawing, but nobody watched it. Yep. And that's pretty much the curse of the late 2010s sitcom on NBC. It could be incredibly well-written, incredibly well-acted, but nobody will watch it. Because it's usually on Thursdays where CBS puts up something like Ghosts or Young Sheldon. Anywho, so Josh Balmuth, he gets a put pilot order. He writes it out and he was going to executive produce alongside Mike Shore, who's known for The Office, and David Miner, who is known for Parks and Recreation. So you have two really solid producers of two really solid shows on NBC coming together like a Voltron of funny. 
with Pamela Fryman from How I Met Your Mother forming the head. Oh, Pamela Fryman, yeah. Yeah. So oh, you got some of, good names. Which, oh, I, yeah. You're, speaking of which, Greg. Yeah. I saw the moment. Okay. I can't unsee the moment. Okay, do you want me to describe the moment from episode five of How I Met Your Father? Very briefly, please. Okay, hold on. Yeah, yeah, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! So we learned a very shocking secret in episode five of How I Met Your Father. Sid has, like, a problem with Sophie's mother, like, whenever he goes to meet her. And we learned the shocking secret. He lost his masturbation virginity to Sophie's mother. He likes to think of Sophie's mother when he's in the throes of self-passion. And not only that, but there's a shocking secret to the moment he lost his masturbation virginity. (laughs) He... He didn't want his hamster named Slim Shady to watch it. But in the process, when his mother's knocking on the door, his lava lamp accidentally knocks over, goes onto the hamster cage, and kills his hamster. What I've seen, I can't unsee. Yeah. I can't what? even give that a Susan St. James uh-oh. That's like beyond uh-oh. That's like, what oh. the hell? I'm like, oh no. 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 Oh yeah. Kool-Aid man, this is not the time right now. Just get out. Anyway, so... We were talking about the Voltron of comedy. Mike Shore, David Miner, Pam Fryman, and Josh Mammoth. Certainly nothing wrong can happen here. <sighs> well, they put together the pilot. NBC liked it and gave the show a series order. But it was for mid-season. Oh, yeah. That's not good. It's very rare that you ever succeeded mid-season. Mid-season single-camera sitcom in 2017? No, that's not going to work. Nope. But it's not for a lack of talent. I mean, we have, like, a whole lot of talent here on this show. I'll go over the cast real quick. Playing the titular role of Abby would be Natalie Morales. Not the reporter Natalie Morales. Mm-mm. No. This but would we... be... The actress Natalie Morales. Yeah, who played Lucy Santo Domingo on Parks and Recreation. But also, we talked about her in Into the Spidey Movieverse, Chico, because she voiced Miles Morales' teacher in Into the Spider-Verse. Check out episode 8 in the archives. Her character, Abby... Is a former Marine sergeant and the owner of the unlicensed bar. And this is important. It's an unlicensed bar in her backyard. Yes. Less important, however, is the fact that she is a bisexual Latina ex-Marine sergeant. Woo! All very hot. 
she turns her backyard, for reasons known to whoever, into a fully functioning bar. There is no liquor license, however. What? So, basically, the patrons have to be very, very cool. This has got to be on the honor system. This has got to be on the honor system. And nobody's perhaps more aware of this than her landlord, Bill, played by Nelson Franklin, who is known for Beep, New Girl, The Office. The Office, yeah. And he is one of the um, recurring characters on Blackish. Okay, Blackish. So, yeah, this guy's got work. This guy's got good work. As for the regulars of Abby's, we have Beth, a lawyer-turned-housewife and one of the bar's most loyal customers, played by Jessica Chapin. She's more of a movie actress. She's been in The Heat. The Heat. The Spy. The Spy. And she's a producer on the HBO Max series Hacks. Oh, okay. We discussed that in the year in review show, too. Mm Mm-hmm. Gene Smart's best work. Yep. And she was also in Future Entry, Man with a Plan, and not even a Future Entry, Veep. Two mentions of Veep. Well, it's a very popular show. Very popular show with very funny people. Yes. And then you have James, the bouncer for Abby's, despite his disdain for confrontation and meek personality. Played by Leonard Oates, who was in numerous episodes of Wild and Out, numerous what? episodes of Joking Off, numerous episodes of Jeff Ross Presents Roast Battle. Okay, that makes sense. But mostly he is a that stand up comic from, from that, that stand up show. Yeah. And then there's Rosie, Abby's barback and oldest friend, played by. Kimia Pepornia, and she's been in a lot of really good stuff too. Um, she was in Atypical and a podcast series called The Only Podcast Left, where she played a character named MIT. And she was that woman from that episode of Adam Ruins Everything. Seriously, she played three different characters. On three different episodes of oh, Adam Ruins Everything. Okay. I miss that show. Me too. Damn you, corporate synergy and stuff like that. Yep. And finally, we have Fred, the functioning alcoholic who's known Abby since she was a young girl and acts as a father figure to her. He's played by a podcast favorite, Greg. Yeah, Neil Flynn, the janitor Flynn. from Scrubs. Mm hmm. And he was uh, on Celebrity Family Feud last year. Yep. Playing against um, uh, Zach Braff and... Uh, it was a scru- Zach Braff and Donald Faison, two other podcast favorites. Yes. Oh, I love their podcast. <laughs> real for Fake Doctors, Real Friends, is that what it's called? I believe that's what it's called, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, hey, Zach Braff's current girlfriend, hey, she makes some good macaroni, I heard. Mm-hmm. Delicious. His girlfriend's Florence Pugh. 
You're probably thinking, what? This is crazy. I'm going to have dinner with the enemy. And she made some really good smelling macaroni. But in all honesty, if I wanted to kill you, I you would, would have already. Right as you open the door. Yeah, I probably wouldn't have even had time to shut it. <laughs> no. I'd have been dead. No. Okay. Hey, I also want to add about Neil Flynn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One of the best episodes of Bob's Burgers from, I think it was like season two, season three, OT, The Outside Toilet. Oh, he, I love that episode. He voiced Max Flush. Oh. Great episode if you've never seen it. <laughs> hey, my brothers and my sister-in-law, they're looking forward to the Bob's Burgers movie later this year. So I think everybody is looking forward to the Bob's Burgers movie. It's the movie, movie we need in 2022. It is indeed the movie we need in 2022. I concur. All right, so we have all of this top-shelf talent. We have all these top-shelf writers. Certainly, this is going to be a top-shelf show, right? Hmm. Well, here are the episodes. I'll let you be the judge. Starting with the pilot, of course. Abby, a former Marine who runs an unlicensed bar out of her backyard with a strict seating hierarchy, learns that her old landlady has died and willed her property to her nephew, Bill, who demands that she close the bar. Yeah, because she doesn't have a liquor license, remember? Yeah, and uh, I think you get trouble for that sort of thing. Yeah, but spoiler alert, she does get a liquor license. Abby's patrons, Fred, Beth, James, and Rosie, explain to him that she has a good heart and that the bar is heavily regulated before inducting him into their group. Bill finally agrees to let the bar stay open, but only if Abby gets insurance, improves safety, and applies for a liquor license. She refuses and instead announces the bar will close that night. Oh, But spoiler alert. Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! It stays open because... You wouldn't have a series if she didn't get the liquor license. Duh. That, that is true. Fred, Rosie, and Beth try to talk her out of it, and Fred points out that she ought to give Bill the benefit of the doubt. Abby agrees to implement some of his suggestions and makes Bill a Mai Tai, a drink she hates, to prove her commitment to their deal. Well, I don't drink alcohol, but if I drank alcohol, I would never drink a Mai Tai. Now, I'm more of a whiskey sour guy myself. Look, just give me a Mike's Hard Lemonade and I'm good. And Mike would be the teetoler of the group. Because every group has to have a teetoler. No, 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 no. We, we call ourselves designated drivers. You're our guy. You'd You're be the guy. designated driver of the game. <laughs> I'm the designated driver of this podcast. We're all going to die. No. <laughs> Hey, can you drive a stick? Well, that didn't work out well for Cade. No. Hey, Paul Lind here. I can drive a stick. Get out of here, Paul. I'm going to the craps table. <laughs> Whammy, please make sure that Paul Lind is not on the craps table. Please I'm going to go on the Paul. cum line. Oh, Paul. Why? 
Why would I even? Uh, why? Why would I even? <sighs> All right. Well, well I okay. can't drive stick, regardless. Well, All right. Episode two. Episode two. Rule change. When James complains about a rule forbidding men to wear sandals, he asks Bill to speak to Abby, who ignores him. Bill then issues a challenge in which the two must present their best arguments and put them to a public vote. Both try to win over different patrons to their side, but with little success. The vote is held, and Abby declares victory, only for Beth to change her vote when Bill takes up her demand to have Abby's trees trimmed. What is this? The Kevin Costner movie swing vote? I'm wondering if that is a euphemism for something or no, no, it's not a euphemism for okay, it is not a euphemism for anything. She really wants her trees trimmed. With the vote tied, a game of bocce is held as a tiebreaker. Oh, bocce! Never thought we'd get a reference to bocce on this podcast. Those stupid oblong balls. Balls. Hey, hey, there's nothing wrong with bocce. It's just like curling, except it's not on ice. We need bocce night in America, Mike. We seriously do. I mean, we have a big tournament right down the street from here. Uh, This is actually a very big area for bocce. Maybe it'll be on the next edition of ESPN 8, the Ocho. Who knows? I'm still waiting for curling night in America, but that's just me. No, there was a curling night in America. Yeah, we discussed it. It was a thing on TV Presents on uh, Podbean feed. NBCSN did have a curling night in America. Okay. Well, did because NBCSN is no more. No. Moment of silence. Moment over. Hey, we will talk about NBCSN's previous incarnation versus later this year when we discuss the T.O. Joe show. Mm-hmm. And since this episode is airing on our Podbean feed the day after the Super Bowl, so we don't know if the Bengals wanted for Harambe yet. So, but I hope they did, so that the Sweet Prince can finally rest. But if not, well, uh, so- yeah. sorry, Harambe. Greg just wants that return to the Jedi scene, but with Kocho and Boomer Esiason and Harambe. And maybe Howard Hessman's going to make an appearance. I don't know. I could make that happen, you know. <laughs> if they win, oh, we can, can Photoshop that together. I can yeah. make that. I can make that happen. Let's hope if they win. Let's pray to God we Photoshop it. It's on everywhere. Okay, but if not, let's give thanks to Matthew Stafford for winning yes. the Super Bowl. You know what? This is the first Super Bowl in ages where I don't really care who wins because it's going to be an amazing game. Well, we we, I, I'm saying this on the Friday as we record this. So. Yes. So, just in case that line doesn't make any sense. Uh, oh, back to the episode. Fred tells Abby that the problem isn't Bill, but her refusal to listen to her customers. Oh. He also reminds her that Bill just wants to belong. Abby wins the game, but honors Bill for scoring zero points. Zero points! He scored zero points! He didn't score any points! I have no idea how Bocce has scored. No. But I imagine that zero is bad. That is bad. Okay, how Bocce has scored, someone, I don't remember which team, maybe it alternates teams, they throw a little yellow ball 
uh, uh, probably about the size of like a cue ball down the uh, the bocce field, the bocce court, which is like lined with like almost like cat litter, like really really small pebbles or, or, or like gravel. And basically it's like curling from there. Whoever is closest to the, uh, to the, the, the little yellow ball, they score as many points as, you know, uh, how, how many are closer than the opponent's closest ball. It's like curling. Think of how curling is scored closest to the center. Yeah. But, but it's with a ball instead. Okay. Okay. All right. Episode three. Episode three. Free alcohol day. Yeah, free alcohol day. <laughs> the bar prepares for free alcohol day when Abby's friend Danny, who, by the way, is played by Serena Fialo, who is known for Glee. Glee. And Raven's Home. Yes. And as Claire in Community that one time. Okay. Anyway, her friend Danny brings free samples for everyone. However, her latest product, an allspice-infused gin, is unpalatable. Now, I've never had uh, allspice-infused anything or anything-infused gin before. I gotta imagine it's terrible. I gotta imagine it's terrible. Yeah. That's terrible. It's terrible? That's terrible. You tell him, Chuck. Beth tries to set Danny up with Abby, only to be embarrassed when she learns that the two previously dated. Woo! And Abby didn't tell her. Uh oh. Uh oh. Uh oh. In response, Abby issues a challenge to anyone who wants to know about her personal life to drink shots of the gin, only to give vague answers. Upset, a drunk Beth goes into Abby's house and they argue. Desperate to salvage free alcohol day, Fred persuades the others to just drink the rest of the gin. Yeah, that's how it works. Just drink the rest of the gin. It's free. Who cares? Yep. After Beth admits that she feels neglected, Abby tells her that she's the reason she decided to open the bar. Aww. Aww. The next morning, Abby pulls Beth's favorite wine on tap. Bill apologizes to Abby for making an awkward comment about her bisexuality. Okay. Episode four. Book club. Oh, book club. I love book clubs. You love book club? Yes. Oh, gosh. How are you going to feel about this one? Hey, hey. As we talked about in this podcast, we all know the best book club was the Pizza Hut Book It Club. Very... Very true. Personal pan. Give me pizza. all the personal pan pizzas. Yeah. You got that right. Every personal pan pizza like, I will, is mine. It's like, I don't care if all you have is the box set of the Babysitter's Club. I will read that for the pizza. Oh, yes. oh choose your own adventure. Read it like 20 different ways. Oh, totally. Yeah. Anyway, book club. The gang tries to push Fred to go on a date with Emily, a member of Beth's book club. However, Fred, having been divorced for 15 years, is reluctant to get intimate again. James tries to woo his friend Willa, but fails and decides to try again with a patron named Erica. The first conversation goes poorly when he lies about being fluent in Spanish. 
¡Ay, Dios mío! Fred finally agrees to go on a date with Emily, which consists of him grilling steaks at the bar. They hit it off, decide to move in together after just one day. Fred also starts to change his personality. Abby puts her foot down and tells Fred she was wrong to push him to change. Fred then reveals their relationship was a prank the entire time. Oh! Ha 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 ha! And James chooses not to date Erica when he realizes he isn't ready, while Abby and Beth use reverse psychology to get Fred to hook back up with Emily. Okay, good. Yeah, uh, playing the role of Emily is Tracy Toms, who is best known as Joanne Jefferson in the movie version of Rent. Oh, the movie version of Rent! Hey, Mike, you know what that means. I want to see Rent. I want to see Rent. I want to see Rent. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you Chico could... just had to trigger you by talking about that movie. Oh, yeah. I bet you Crystal Bernard went to see the movie version of Rent like five times. Well, well, what happens if she wasn't able to get the tickets to the the, the movie theater because they were at Will Call and she didn't have her ID? I know, that would have been terrible. Yeah. Yeah, it wouldn't have Steven Weber there to help her. No. No, Uh, and and uh, they probably would have been wandering around uh, New York trying to get uh, movie tickets and (laughs) probably stumble across... uh, Larry Bud Melman while walking down the street. Yeah. Yep. And then end up in a drag show. <laughs> a drag show. We're, we're, a drag we're not going to spoil that entire episode. Watch it on Paramount Plus, kids. Watch it on Paramount Plus, indeed. Episode five. Mail bin. While sorting through unopened mail, Bill finds a letter from Abby's deadbeat father, Abelardo. Containing a check for two eighty seven fifty, which she believes is him trying to buy her forgiveness. Why two hundred eighty seven dollars and fifty cents? Why that specific amount? She wants to throw it out, but when the group tells her doing so would be unfair, they decide to instead spend it on a ridiculous purchase and start brainstorming. Yeah, I love spending on ridiculous purchases. Hey, there ain't nothing ridiculous. About a lightning collection green ranger. No. Greg, if anybody's listened to any episode of the past two and a half years, they know you're good at reckless spending. Yeah, I spent $20 on this. It's a Funko Pop of Cap holding Force Hammer. Nice. A random patron then decides whose purchase they make. James's idea, a combination popcorn slash hot dog maker, wins. Fred finds another letter from Abelardo, revealing that the check is actually part of two installments to make up for every birthday of hers he missed. When she goes to cash it, however, she finds out that it's worthless. Uh-oh! Uh-oh. Heartbroken, Abby burns the rest of her mail. In a show of solidarity, the group buys the popcorn hot dog maker for her and affirm that she doesn't need her father's approval to be happy. Aww. Episode 6, Liquid Courage. Liquid Courage. Liquid Courage. 
James is offered a better paying job, but feels that accepting it would mean too much responsibility. Bill decides to say goodbye to every patron after Fred walks away from their conversation. To help James decide, the group decides to bring out Tequila Jimmy, his drunk personality. Abby's unpleasant neighbor, Richard, threatens to report her to the police unless she agrees to close the bar early. So she talks him into giving her a few weeks to make improvements. However, James, now full of confidence, throws Richard out and he reneges on the deal. Seeing Bill struggling, Fred steps in to help. Abby calls Richard back and has James warn of the consequences of closing the bar too soon, which convinces him to sign back onto the deal. James completes his first day as manager and gifts Abby with a bottle of expensive tequila, and Bill and Fred patch things up. Oh, that's good. That's nice. Playing the role of Richard is a man by the name of Sam Pancake. Sam Pancake! Yeah. Nowadays, he's known primarily as Carter French on A Million Little Things and Drama Teacher on Saved by the Bell, but really, this is just an excuse to say the words Sam Pancake. Sam Pancake. Sam Pancake. He was also in 12 episodes of Kitchen Confidential, which is a future entry. Is that the one that has Gordon Ramsay on it? No, it's Bradley Cooper as Anthony Bourdain, somewhat, sort of. Wait, Bradley Cooper did a show about... Really? Well, okay. Yep. When was this? This was in 2005. Okay, that explains it. This was like Wedding Crashers era Bradley Cooper. This was way before he got up with Lady Gaga to sing that one song that everybody loves. Yeah. And dear God, is that song great. Oh God, that song is amazing. Yeah. Hey, A Star is Born. I love that movie so much. But you know what I don't love it as much as? Uh, Let me guess. Wings? How'd you know, Chico? Lucky guess. Well. We referred to it just a few minutes ago. We did. Christopher okay. Bernard wanted to see Rent. She wants to see Rent. I want to see Rent. Okay, I want to see Rent. Guys, guys. Okay. Mm-hmm. You sitting down. I have a confession to make. Trust me, I'm not standing up. Okay. 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 This is shameful to admit, but I love wings. No, you? I, I'm going to admit it. I love wings. You're a f- liar. A whammy. Aren't you watching Paul right now? Get back on the craps table, Paul. Oh, boy. Episode seven. Soda gun. Abby's soda gun breaks. Oh, no! That's terrible! So Bill has hired his friend, Corey, to fix it. This annoys Fred, who considers himself the bar's go-to handyman. And James prepares a new emergency plan for the bar, but Rosie tells him it's too complicated to be of any use. The gang tries to cheer Fred by lighting up the bar and playing his favorite song, but nothing works. Out of desperation, they give him the token. The token? The token. 
he who has the token will have a week of free drinks. Oh, nice. But he refuses the token. Why? He drops it on the ground, accidentally steps on it. Beth explains that Fred wants to be useful to Abby because he sees her as a daughter. So Abby talks to him and tells him no matter what, she will always see him as the closest thing she has to a father. Oh, that's nice. Harmony's restored to the bar and Rosie comforts James by telling him that the bar's safety depends on everyone looking out for each other. Oh, that's good. That is good. Okay. I don't know if they ever fix the soda gun. Though. Oh, yeah, but you know what? That would be heartbreaking for me, because I love the soda gun. Episode 8. Back up. Abby is upset when Bill steps in to deal with some unruly customers, which she feels is her responsibility. After all, she is a feisty Latina bisexual ex-Marine. Yeah, baby. James accidentally breaks Beth's prize mug and pins it on another patron who is then punished by being placed in the sprinkler chair. Oh, no, not the sprinkler chair. Not the sprinkler chair. Not the sprinkler chair. What's the sprinkler chair? It's probably the chair you sit on next to the sprinkler. Uh, Bill defends his actions by pointing out that he's taller and thus more intimidating than Abby. So Fred suggests a jar opening contest to see who's stronger. Bill wins and a frustrated Abby picks up a lit grill, severely burning her hands. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Too stubborn to accept help, Abby resorts to using her mouth to help pour drinks and winds up making a huge mess. <laughs> Bill apologizes by letting Abby put him in a submission hold and they agree to start accepting help from each other. Meanwhile, James confesses to breaking the mug, and Bill and Abby manage to repair it using glue and a 3D printer. Oh, God bless 3D printers. Indeed. By the way, playing an unnamed customer, another wild and out regular, Rassica Mather, one of my favorites. Episode 9, Rosie's Band. Bill learns about the ongoing feud between Abby and Nemo's, a bar that used to be the most popular spot in the neighborhood. Rosie gets permission to do a set that night with her band. However, the group decides not to tell her that her music is unlistenable. Oh! Oh. That's terrible. That's awful. So is her music, apparently. Yankees thumbs down guy here. Overjoyed, Rosie decides to start playing the bar every week. James becomes convinced that a customer at the bar, Clark, is a wanted fugitive, but Fred tells him he's paranoid. Abby and Beth try to cut a deal with Nemo's to get the band off their hands, but Rosie overhears and feels betrayed. She tells Abby that she's tough enough to take criticism and that Abby should always be honest with her. In return, Abby agrees to let her play once a month. The cops show up to take Clark into custody for running, and Bill covers up the bar's existence by holding a fake wedding with Beth. Playing the role of Clark, another real one, Rob Hubel. Oh yeah, Rob Hubel! 
because he's a real one. Yeah, he's a podcast favorite. Yep. Yeah, been on a lot of stuff. Yep. Of course, right now he's playing the role of John Calabasas in The Goldbergs, but he plays various characters on Bob's Burgers, uh, Children's Hospital, Big Mouth, American Dad. Oh, he's awesome on Children's Hospital. He was one of the people that was on the first cast of uh, Best Week Ever, if you remember that, oh, back yeah. like in 2004. Oh, yeah. Like With- Paul F. Tompkins and Paul Shearer in them. Oh, yeah. And also, he's been on shows like At Midnight and the recent version of Match Game. That is true. Yeah, he has been on the recent version of Match Game. Definitely a known quantity. Yes. One other name I want to add, playing Kip on this episode, is Carmine Caridi. A very long career. He goes back to the 60s, actually. Uh, starting off with Naked City. That was actually his first role on IMDb. Uh, but where you might know him from, potentially, he was in both Godfather 2 and Godfather 3. Wow. Carmine wow. Rosado in Godfather 2. And also in Godfather Part 3, he played Albert Volpe. But one thing I want to add, something, doing a little bit of research on IMDb here, the episode that we're talking about of Abby's Aired on May 30th, 2019. Yeah. Carmine Caridi passed away on May 28th of 2019. Oh. Two days earlier. 85 years old. Oh. Wow. So, yeah, a very slightly posthumous appearance. Another name on this episode was Conchetta Tomei, who plays Nemo, the owner of Nemo's. And, of course, you remember her from L.A. Law, Picket Fences, Madman of the People, Providence. Hey, hey, you said she was in L.A. Law, right? Mm-hmm. Was she in the episode when Diana Moldor fell down the elevator shaft? I knew he was going to do that. Probably. He just, he just wants me to play this. Yes. I really don't want to talk about it. <laughs> Never gets old. <laughs> we're just pulling out all the sound bites tonight. We're bringing out all the big hits. Yep, all the greatest hits of this podcast, folks. You know, there's one we haven't played yet. What? Mm-hmm. Oh, the day after. Oh yeah, let's do oh, it. No. <laughs> Play it. Play the clip. Oh, my, my, my. Looks like it's raining in Kansas. No, no, that's just a little bit of dirt. I'll just pass it right. Oh, oh, there goes Kansas. Oh, my, that looks like the day after. <laughs> Doesn't even have to do with anything. No. We're just touching all the buttons on the soundboard tonight. Anywho, and now we get to the last episode The Fish. When Bill admits to the group that he has Padre season tickets behind home plate that he lost in his divorce, they have him invite his ex-wife Sharon to the bar to reclaim them. Bill explains that Sharon is experienced at tearing him down emotionally, so the group boosts his confidence and he succeeds in convincing her to give the tickets back. However, Sharon then reveals that she also wants to get back together. Wow. Wow. 
and all over season tickets at Petco Park behind home plate. Hey, Petco Park's a nice Hey, park. yeah, I've been to Petco Park. That is a very nice ballpark. Oh, yes. I would like to go that one day. Oh, yeah. Got to get seats in the bleachers. I don't know if they still do it, but when I went, this is 16 years ago now, they uh, batted beach balls in the outfield. And... Oh, they, I think they still do that. Okay, well, yeah. the thing is, when we went, my, myself and, and friend of the podcast, Jason Hernandez, the ushers actually took him and popped him. Oh. We, they, they, they took our fun. Oh, well. Yankees thumbs down guy here, but we all but, know the greatest moment in Petco Park history was. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Was Bartolo Colon going deep? And by the way, R.I.P. the pitcher batting in the National League now because now we got the universal DH, which is a long time coming. So I'm happy because it benefits the Mets. So you see, I thought you wouldn't like it because uh, from the National League standpoint. Well, I've. Hey, as someone who's worked around college baseball for the last, what, 12 years where they have the DH, it's like, you know what? Everyone uses the DH, even the independent minor leagues. It's like, it's time. It's time to give up the coast and just go ahead with the DH. So, And also, if we had a universal DH like a decade earlier, I guarantee you David Wright's career would have been extended at least five years. Well, I was just going to say, not just David Wright. I was going to say Albert Pujols. Now he doesn't have to play the field, play first base at 41 or 42. He can actually be a hitter only. Yeah. So he can play in either league. All right. Do we have anything else in the final episode? There is. Yeah. The bar throws an improvised tuna luau to keep them from leaving, and Bill eventually realizes that Sharon doesn't truly love him when she insults his friends and he breaks up with her, declaring that this is his life now. Abby then gives him his own bar stool, something only a regular is allowed to have, and decides to keep the tuna luau as an ongoing event. Playing the role of Sharon, Bill's ex-wife, is Mary Holland who is known, well, actually, she's more known for uh, voices. She's played Manny on Craig of the Creek and Teen Party Girl on Duncanville. And she was 83 on Star Wars Jedi Temple Challenge on YouTube, if you remember that. I'm I'm the only one who remembers. uh, I don't follow that stuff on YouTube. Uh, Star Wars Jedi Temple Challenge was basically a Disney-produced game show hosted by Ahmed Best. Oh, okay. It was basically their answer to Legends of the Hidden Temple. Oh, okay. Disney Star Star Wars Wars universe. It was originally supposed to be on Disney Plus, but they moved it to YouTube, I guess. Yeah, probably because reasons. Probably, but hey, that's kind of great. The voice of Charger Binks hosting a Star Wars themed Legends of the Hidden Temple. Yep. And she was also a regular, uh, semi-regular on Beep as Shawnee Tans. But nowadays you can see her on the Netflix series. Oh, God, I can't believe I get to say this title on the podcast for okay. the first time. What is it? The woman in the house across the street from the girl in the window. What the hell is that? It's a satire send-up of gritty true crime dramas with Kristen Bell. Oh, okay. That show. Yeah. The woman in the house across the street from the girl in the window. It's a comedy? 
It's a mini series. But yeah, it's a comedy. Okay. Just want to be sure. Like that TV guide had for Second Chance 1987. Yes, yes, this is a comedy. Okay. By the way, the plot of that is, when a handsome neighbor moves in across the street, Anna, a heartbroken woman for whom every day is the same, starts to see a light at the end of the tunnel. That is, until she witnesses a gruesome murder. Or did she? It was created by the folks who did the Looney Tunes show. That's all you need to know. Okay. And that is Abby's. Is Abby's, yeah. So, So, yeah, as we've mentioned, this was mid-season. And as we all know, mid-season comedies just don't do well. Unless you're The Office. Yeah, that one. And and even The Office struggled in its first season. Yeah, basically. So... Now, the million-dollar question. How did this go wrong? Aside from, duh. Duh. Well, it's time for our reoccurring segment. Look at the schedule. All right. Where did this air, Chico, on Thursday nights? On Thursday nights, it aired at 9.30 out of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Okay, so Brooklyn Nine-Nine was the lead into this. Brooklyn Nine-Nine was the lead into this. So by then, NBC Thursday would be Superstore, AP Bio, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, and Abby's. And Law and Order Special Victims Unit. Doink, doink. Okay, so let me try to think. On CBS, you'd have Survivor. I don't even know. No, on CBS, you would have Life in Pieces. Oh, yeah, I forgot about Life in Pieces, yeah. Yeah. On Fox, you would have The Orville. Oh, yeah, The Orville. We're still awaiting that next season of The Orville on Hulu. That, that's going to that's gonna drop in a few months, dude. Oh, it's good. Gonna hey, it's going to be on Hulu, but yeah. it's going to drop in a few months. Hey, we'll be talking about Adrian Pilecki later this year on this podcast, baby. And you know how much I love me some Friday Night Lights. I know you love your Friday Night Lights. Not as much as Wings, but you love it just the same. Oh, yeah. And hey, and then- hey, hey, Jesse Plemons got nominated for an Oscar, too. There you go. Way to go, Landry. Not to mention he married Mary Jane Watson, so he upgraded from Tyra. And then you have the 800-pound gorilla in the room. Comparatively. Station 19, which was basically part of ABC's Shondaland block. Oh. So Brooklyn Nine-Nine, as it's running out the clock, leading into Abby's, plus it's up against Station 19. That'll do it. That'll do it indeed. It wasn't bad. No, it wasn't. Hey, NBC has aired certainly worse comedies than this. Um, Whitney? How did I know that was the first thing you were going to say? Oh, and especially this week, everyone's probably worsting the shit out of Whitney Cummings for her coming to Joe Rogan's defense. Uh, so I yeah. am so down with bashing her right now. So, Okay, so Rolling Stone basically called 
Abby's Like Cheers, But Woke. NBC's new series centered on a bar owner and a regular customer's blends old-school sitcom tropes with a modern sensibility. They basically said that Abby's could air on the same 80s NBC that was home to Cheers, not coincidentally the favorite comedy of executive producer Mike Shore, who, by the way, was also in charge of The Good Place. And it ends up by saying... It's harder for a multi-cam show like Abby's to get away with this kind of pleasant but not raucous tone. The presence of the studio audience is palpable. The camera sometimes sweeps over the bleachers at the end of commercial break. Oh, yeah, because this was taped outdoors. Yes. This was revolutionary for it to tape outdoors. Yeah, that's kind of impressive. Yeah. It makes it more obvious when jokes don't land or even try to land. Sure isn't the hands-on showrunner, but almost every series he's been involved with has demonstrated significant creative growth across and after their respective first seasons. Hopefully, Abby's follows suit and figures out how to generate more belly laughs, but even if it doesn't, TV has recently been in a drought for the kind of reassuring good time that the series already provides, and that the bar's regulars seek out whenever they wander into Abby's backyard. And Fred pretty much sums it up perfectly. Look, these are tough days for America. The country is deeply divided. The only thing we can agree on is drinking alcohol. We need to do this. Oh, yeah. We need to do this for America. Yeah, well, we all know in 2019, if you don't know what was happening in 2019, you have been in a coma for a very long time. I'm not here to educate you, except where I am, obviously. But yeah, this would ultimately go on to be a loss of the Thursday night swath, and NBC would end up trying again with, oh, geez. This is where I look at the fall 2019 schedule, and I only see Superstore, The Good Place, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Will and Grace, and a bunch of future entries. Oh, God. What is it? Perfect Harmony. Oh, yeah. With Sunnyside. Uh, Perfect Harmony with um, freaking Brad. Oh, God. Bradley, Bradley Whitford. Uh, yeah. Bradley Whitford. Yeah. Sunnyside with uh, Cal Penn. Oh, I and forgot it- Cal Penn did that show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember the ads for that. Yep. And indebted with Adam Pally, Jesse Hodges, Stephen Weber, Fran Drescher, and Abby Elliott. That's relevant for next time, by the way. Yeah, because we'll be talking about her dead on Thursday. Oh, hold on, Mike. I'm I'm doing this. You'll figure this out on Thursday. I'm, I, well, the people the people can't see what no, you're doing. No, they can't see it, but I'm... But, I'm, but I know what you're doing. And, and, I know exactly you what you're doing. I've been doing, it for most, I've been doing it for most of the show, and you haven't noticed. Oh, boy. Boy, you should go to the handsome uh, boy modeling agency or something like that. Oh, I should. I'd be a great yeah. model. But I heard that there's a filthy side to that business, so I'm not going to do it. Oh, boy. No, there is. 
Yep. On the other hand, the AB Club said that Abby's is a backyard cheers that needs a little more time in the bottle. The first impression of Abby's is one as enticingly unrefined as its central setting. Sitcoms are often required tastes. This one just so happens to be reminiscent of the rare exception that tasted good from the very first drop. And while it doesn't have everyone around the bar figured out, the sight of Morales so at home on a show with her name in the title is worth raising a glass to. But even with all that talent, even with all that promise, and even with a plumb time slot in between Brooklyn Nine-Nine and SBU, NBC couldn't find the audience that would stick around for one more shot, and it became a thing on TV. Yeah, it did. <sighs> but you can get this on iTunes. Yep, all 10 episodes. They're available on iTunes, so if you want to watch it, it's on iTunes. I wonder if it's on Peacock, too. No, it's not on Peacock. I looked. Okay. So, yep, all 10 episodes are available on the iTunes. All right, so right before Mike decides to call Last Call, we just have enough time to remind you that you can listen to all of our previous installments on our website. It was a thing on TV.com. There you'll find all of our previous installments, all of our minisodes, our live watches, our Into the Spidey Movie Verse spinoff show, and of course, links to all of our socials, where we are on all of the socials at It Was a Thing on TV, except for Zuckerberg Book, where you can find us at It Was a Thing on TV podcast. And by the way, speaking of our socials, we are also on YouTube where we drop all of our episodes. And don't forget to like, subscribe, and hit the notification bell. Last call! Where you can find out about future entries. For example, our next entry, it lasted a good two seasons. But something went wrong. Actually, you could just file this under corporate meddling. Corporate meddling, right? Yeah. Among other things. I think there's other uh, causes uh, that may have uh, buried this show. But we'll talk about that later. Yeah. We, yeah. <laughs> Greg. <laughs> and, and Greg's get and and this is one of those moments where we're pretty sure we're glad that this is not a video podcast. Otherwise, you would see Greg give you a really big hint to the next installment of it was a thing on TV. Thanks for listening. Please be kind to each other, and we will see you next time. Row. Ah, drink. Well, it looks like I'm driving you guys home. I guess so. No.